You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, technical issues aside, Sid Talk, um, <clears throat> for some reason today we record the show using Audacity. I go to launch it, and it just won't open for no reason whatsoever. A gremlin got into my machine, messed with it. Why does that happen? I have no, don't worry about it. I just get annoyed as hell whenever things don't work, and then you fix them, or I fix them. Probably more. I mean, the thing them, is, I've done and then nothing. I get over it. I've done nothing, and then well, all of a sudden, Windows updates. You said I didn't do those. Windows did them. I know. I'm saying though, a Windows update. You just never know, do you? You never know. So. I I solved it by rolling my whole computer back to last Friday. <laughs> and then it worked. All right, so... It's a really, really nerdy thing that peop- only certain people will appreciate that whole... So if this sounds horrible <laughs> and it's all messed up... It's not us. No. We sound fantastic. It looks fine on the waveform, so hopefully, fingers crossed, In fact, it, if we okay. say things that you don't agree with, that's also a gremlin in the machine. If we say things that sound uh, unintelligent in any way, that's also the machine's problem. It's True. not us. We're fine. So it is Saturday, December... So that was the actual whole before the after the show episode, or it happenings. There was not much of a conversation, except for you sitting over there going, is this going to work? Is this... Uh, why is it... Uh, is this going to... Uh, and me going in the kitchen and baking cookies. <laughs> True. So it is Saturday, December the 14th, 2013. This is after the show number 305. And the movie we're looking at this week is Prisoners... It's released on Blu-ray on the 17th of December, so you can pick it up for a Christmas present, a nice jovial Christmas present for somebody. Oh, dear. Um, It's a 2013 movie, rated R. The tagline for the movie is, Every Moment Matters. We looked at the Blu-ray release, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis of the movie, Prisoners. And it's not December 14th. (laughs) Just so you know. A synopsis is two families and a police officer are involved in the disappearance of the daughters of the two families. And it's called Prisoners. You might think it's a straightforward thing, but it's actually kind of applies to everybody. Is it like Ransom with Mel Gibson? No. It is not. <laughs> I don't remember that one much, but I'm pretty sure. That one was this good. one I will remember. That one I Ransom was good too. But not in and this, this is a drama. True. There's nothing funny in this movie at all. There's, There's nothing, nothing funny in Ransom either. I don't remember It's Ransom. really, really, really dark. Is it? Yes. I thought it was kind of a one-liner Michael Bay kind of thing. Absolutely not. All right. No. But you're not comparing that to this. No. Well. No, you can't. This is like high, super high quality. No, I'm comparing the plot similar. Let, let, me, let me say, maybe. Oh, don't say that. Ugh. So, um, the movie Prisoners, um, I didn't know what to expect, and the cover doesn't give anything away, interestingly enough, apart from some weird Photoshop versions of the two main stars. No kidding. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal looks fine, but Hugh Jackman looks like total CGI. (laughs) He looks like a... Weird. He doesn't look real, does he? We haven't got to the cover yet, but that's the cover discussion. But yeah, the cover doesn't give anything away, and for some reason, I thought... It's also a bit misleading. It's got the maze and the and the thing. No, but those two facing off is misleading. For some reason, I thought this movie was a World War Two movie. Just for no reason at all. For no reason at all. You know, 
the reasons were it's called Prisoners and Hugh Jackman's got a beard. So I thought he was I thought he was a prisoner of war or something. So okay. that's so that's what I thought. Okay, let's just go back a few years. <laughs> what did you base your decision on like, you know, pursuing me? What what flimsy reasons did you base like if you think that based on that picture on <laughs> a beard and a title, then how did you form your first opinions of me? Based on what? World War Two. Ah, uh, and I had a beard at yeah. the time. <laughs> And I thought, and there might be spoilers in this movie, because it's hard. It's got a lot of things that, because we didn't know anything about it, and went in completely blank, that everything was completely enthralling to me. So, anything that we say might, you know, you might be thinking as you're watching, oh, that's gonna, oh, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna, oh, yeah. So, watch it, and then come back and listen, because... I'll tell you now, I'm going to tell you to watch it. So first off, for me on this movie, what I really liked at the start, and you, it's evident almost immediately, and uh, the cinematographer's Roger Deakins, who I think makes everything look amazing. But, he didn't, like, if you've seen Roger Deakins' photography in, like, let's say a movie like Skyfall, it's very hyper, like, stylistic, and it just looks, you can tell every shot is composed. Well, this is kind of the opposite it looks very real. Like, it really looks like... Well, the fact that it looks really real is it's shot in just a normal suburb, American suburb. In fact, it looks... I said to you, this looks like like our street. It looks like like our neighbourhood. It just looks exactly like an American neighbourhood. And it looks very realistic. Like, the lighting and everything just looks... Because it opens with a shot of them hunting and then driving in the car and then coming up to the neighborhood and I was like wow this is very real and it feels very stark because it's winter feels very realistic so that's the first thing I noticed and the second thing I noticed is it felt very natural like the acting oh yes like these people were just a real family like how people it was really like instantly I was uh, I was impressed and then I just got lost. I thought, if this is the first five minutes and how these people, these performers are doing this, I'm totally in. I'm in. I'm in. And from then on, I was, there was no... They could do no wrong. So I imagine, I imagine there'll be people who can't even watch this movie because of what it deals with. And what it deals with is... Spoilers, as we said. Missing children. Missing children, right? So if you are a father or a mother with children, especially of this, the young girls... What, like... Six and seven. Six and seven, and they go missing. That's that's basically the, what happens at the beginning of the film. I think it would... It's very disturbing, very grim. I think it might, like, hurt you in some way. Like, I don't think it, it'd be a movie for some people. Well, I mean, I would say if you had a child go missing, then it might not be for you. But if you just have children... I just think I some mean, people are really precious of the children, and I don't think they could even cope with the thought of what's happening here. There's lots of movies that have bad things about children. There are, and I don't... <laughs> I think there's a section of people who don't watch those type of movies. I'm just saying, there's, pe- there's definitely people, and I've seen people mention... You probably know one. No, I don't I know bet. if I know one, but I, I, I know there are people who don't... Yeah, I actually do know one. Mm-hmm. Um I know a couple who wouldn't watch, who wouldn't want to watch. Somebody this. on YouTube who, who has a, a young daughter, and he says he hates anything where kids are in peril. He just can't bear it, like because it hurts him, like his soul. It just tears him up. But so it there, is fiction. 
It's fiction. True, but there are stories story. like this all the time. Sure. So, and it's very realistically betrayed, and I can imagine it would hit some people like, and it because it is, it feels like it's really happening. To, and what I really liked about the movie, anyway, is some children go missing, and obviously, even me, I'm not a father, but I understand it's children. Don't mess with children. Yeah. It's horrible. Like <laughs> some children go missing now. There's grey areas all over this movie, and that's what I liked about it. Like, a th- the thing that Hugh Jackman is doing, which I won't spoil. It's a grey area of whether that is the right thing to do. Or, oh, I disagree. Or is it, I think it's totally not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing, but then I have to think, oh, father in this situation. Yep. But that doesn't make it But then right. I have to think about the other guy who actually... Yeah. It's really, it's all over the place, and... I had one feeling at one point and another feeling and then I was like, no, this is not right, don't do this and listen to Terrence Howard, he's right. <laughs> but no... Because Terrence Howard is the other father. Yeah, and there was a part where a guy was being cruel to an animal and I really hate that and I was almost like, no, do do it to him again now. Like, go <laughs> yes. and do shit to him. Because there's something going on there, yeah, yeah. But then you learn something else and you're like... No. So it's all over the place for me. It is a manipulator. I'll give it that. I had a lot of mixed emotions. All the little clues that people say to lead you to a little thing, and then later that thing comes back around. So you feel a little bit kind of overtly manipulated a lot of times, but I don't even care because it's such top quality. It's really high quality. Oh my God, it's amazing. And... I, I couldn't tell where the story was going. It was quite a clever story. Yeah, me too. Like, and where it did go, I didn't... You know... Well, I kind of knew the one, the... Yeah, I... I knew that about halfway through. Yeah, but I didn't. I not like solid. At all. Not like, what's it going to be? But more like, yeah, I... Because uh... it's like a breadcrumb trail. And there's a lot of false leads and, you know... You it don't gets know. a little confusing. You know, at some point when you get to the part you know the, uh, that and then it's all like boom 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 a little bit of exposition there and then you're like what 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 what's going on so it gets a little bit confusing but that's part of it because these people are torn between the police can't do this or that we have no clue what's going on as humans do we just fuck the law and like do what we got to do and it's confusing to them, so it's confusing to us. It's not just laying I actually, out to you. I actually felt the feeling of, like, a parent. If your daughters went missing. And, like, when, when you Jamans walking through the woods, where they have that, the, um, what you call that? Like, a, a sweep of people where the police bring... Searching, yeah. Yeah, they bring all the local residents and everybody helps. And I, I did get the feeling of, oh, my God, it, it, it how would you even... Yeah, I felt like how would you even go to the next emptiness day? because I tried to put it in context. I don't have my own children, but I tried to put my mind in a place of okay, if this person in my life, one minute they're there, da da da, take them to school or take you know walk out, go out of the house, or there may be a couple people I'm thinking of, and then you come back home or do, and then it's like they're not there, and it. I think it would be like, I don't think there's any getting over it. It's not like, I mean, it's horrible enough if someone dies, right? If a child were to die or get sick and die. Anybody in your family that you love that dies before they're old and just old, die of old age. But the idea of someone just, they're there one minute and then they're gone and you have no control. You have no explanation. That move, This movie and these people, 
made me feel. It was these people. It was her, the wife, him, all of them. I was totally, I could feel it, like, in their, her, you know, taking the sleeping pills all the time and stuff. I felt totally for her. But my friend, their mother just sitting there over all of her Thanksgiving food that's been sitting there now for like a whole week, and she's just staring at it like, I have to stay paused until everything gets back to normal. And her face, you know her, she's just fantastic anyway. What's her name? We'll get to the cast, but well, the only like um, hint, like there's only literally like five to seven minutes at the beginning of the movie where you get to see them all together as a family, and some movies. Let's talk about Getaway, where I said there was no... <laughs> Getaway was a horrible movie, no doubt, right? But I said, I don't care about what's going on because we see one flashback of him and his wife once. Yep. And there's just nothing to base any of it on. Like, oh, there was a woman, she seems nice. That was it. Like, this literally had, like, five to seven minutes of them as a family. All together at a, cr- a, a Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I understood the dynamics of the entire thing. Like, I understood the friends, I understood everything. And you cared about them instantly. Right, yeah. The the, the initial, when she, like, going to their friends for the Thanksgiving dinner, both families have a teenager and a a small kid. And there, the instant everybody meets and the warmth and I'm convinced, I'm convinced these people are all friends and they're all families, like, in an instant. Yeah, it's really good. And then I am, plus I don't know anything about the movie. So at this stage, I don't know what's going to happen at all. I have no clue. Like, people listening to this and then watching it are going to know that two young girls go missing. So they're going to be prepared. I was so blank about it that watching these five to seven, maybe ten minutes of all this interaction and the fun with the trumpet and all that, I'm just going along for the ride. So to me, it seemed like a long time. Because I wasn't anticipating, oh, when's the bad shit going to happen? I was just like, I'm in this family here with these people. And I'll tell you, every if I watch it back, if you watch it like little bit by little bit, every line, every movement they do, I was just, I was blown away. There's several things I was um, thinking of when I watched it. One was how much it felt like a David Fincher movie, the way it's kind of deliberate and really slow paced, but it feels dark and grim at the same time. I I kept thinking that. And the second thing was, there's some shots in this movie, and this is the Roger Deakins cinematography thing, that um, I don't think I've seen before. And one of them is when he's in the car at the end with the driving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It didn't... It looked like nothing I'd ever seen before. Yeah, amazing. it's, It's like there's a really bad rainy snow kind of mix coming down. And the way where the camera is a lot of the time, and how it look, it, it's I was and because like, he's what? like, uh, yeah, it's real, it's real, to, yeah. amazing looking. And then there's another scene um, which I thought was amazing looking, and it was when he saw Hugh Jackman in the car park. Yeah, yeah. And it was another like stormy kind of thing, and he came over. The beauty of those are it, they just let it happen. Yeah, it didn't look like fake. Like um, some movies, it looks like fake rain or like they've just got a machine raining on everything. It didn't. And there was another one where they found the camper van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like it was really raining. I'm sure it isn't, but the way he filmed it, it looked real. Like, and and there was a lot of that. There was a lot of really interesting making things look real instead of like a film, or just filming reality. Right. Instead and I'm not talking like um, like a shaky cam video because it's all like literally beautiful, steady. Yeah, it's top Hollywood yeah. design and everything. There's no handheld stuff. It's 
But it's got that... It's got a look about it that's different. It's a little bit muted. Everything's a bit muted. Yeah, they definitely saw the colours out. But if you walked out our door right now, that's how life looks. Yeah, it's The lighting is a bit dim, but it's... And I think that that added to... I, I didn't movie. know who'd done the cinematography, and all the way through I was like, wow, this is amazing. And that car journey, I was like, whoa. Like, this is just a simple car journey. I mean, it's a bit heightened, but, like, I've never seen a car journey look so amazing. But then there's other things, like just the the one shot, the full landscape of a house. Yeah. Not in any special configuration. It's not like train spotting where it's all, like, stylized up. It's literally someone has taken the camera and stood, probably holding it these days, stood across the Steady street camera. with the house in the middle of the shot, and it's framed like a picture. I mean, that's just That guy's definitely got an eye for... But then there's the, in the interrogation room when... Um, Dano is there. Is that his name? Dano. Paul Dano. Is that his name? And Gyllenhaal. Really close up. And then you're right, right up, right up in with them. You could, I was like, I could probably smell the sweat on these guys. I'm like right up in their face. But not in that shaky cam way. But just like everywhere that we went was presented in a way that I felt was like um, seamless. I mean, as a movie person, you kind of notice it, but it didn't feel like it was being done. Like. No, I, I just think it's a really good looking movie. If you're into like the way movies look if you, if it's something I kind of sometimes drift off into looking at. Like, I yeah. can't help it. Like, yeah, yeah. like oh wow. Or, at, at, mostly is when it's a bad movie badly <laughs> photographed is that a word? Photography? <laughs> badly photographed movie I, I'm, I, I'm always thinking who made that choice? That is horrible. Like, why why but this, every single one, I was like, wow, this somebody is on the ball here. Or somebody has to use a bunch of tricks, like in Getaway. Well, we're going to put yeah. 20 cameras on this car and all different kinds of cameras, and it'll be cool, it'll be dynamic. And it just... It's shit. When there's like, literally one nothing. shot in that Because it's not... There's no purpose to it. And in this, there's a purpose for the way it's... I mean, you could... If you got a creative cinematographer, they can just, like, with what he did in Bond... You could be really weird and artsy about it. Or in this, I felt like there would be time... Like when the one shot of him over here by the rental property, when they walk up and he's going in, you know, they're, he's bringing the other dad for the first time. And you're there for so long, you watch the truck pull up and you're just sitting over here like along this fence line, just looking at this angle of this dreary, broken down, boarded up building. But it's not artsied up. It's a really restraint, I think, to have a cinematographer who's like, okay, this is it, bring him in, and let the whole two minutes just unfold right in front of you without moving or anything. And I just love that. It is definitely one of the things I noticed, and I think, you know, it should get some acclaim for that, the photography. is It's something that you don't notice in a lot of movies, but this one I was like, wow, somebody made this movie pretty. Beautiful. In a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful in a very stark kind of way. So um, let's move on to the cast here. And I just want to... The cast is in a particular order, but in my opinion... Um, and I've heard stuff about this movie, talking about Hugh Jackman. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is, should get an Oscar for this. He's awesome. The performance... I mean, he's awesome It's not anyway. even... He doesn't, it's really subtle what he's doing. And it, it's to do with, his, with the, the costume he's wearing, which um, is... Totally! Slightly, <laughs> he's totally buttoned up. Yeah, it's a, and little he's bit disheveled. a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 almost like he's got goodwill clothes on. Sometimes it's like um, 
Like, that's not important to him. Absolutely not. And, like, he's slipping those clothes. He's got he's... tattoos. Um, so you know he's got a so history. So there's a past to him. He's got, like, a nervous tick. Oh, and, yeah. And it it all... It makes me... It's, like, uptight. It's, it, makes, it just paints the whole picture of him, and it's all him. But not uptight in that, like, he's being uptight way. Uptight in that's how he is way. Like, he's methodical, and, like, if, if there's a banner in his works he yeah hates and it, there's like, something in his past that we will never know that is driving this personality of his but it's not overt it's not like in lethal weapon where you know that something horrible happened to his woman and now he's just crazy and he's no and you and, don't know a ton about him I, and that's the interesting part there's no really no. a backstory to him you just know he's the detective and here he is doing his work and and you have to pick up on these signs that he gives I think he's amazing I'm about every single person though I cannot I mean I do think he I think be... he really stands out though I, I like well it's hard to stand like if Hugh Jackman's movie. the lead actor and he's the supporting actor I guess that's how it works right don't know because I don't know I see him as the lead actor because I think his his portrayal of that character was amazing it was like layered it was but that doesn't make you lead no he's probably not the lead is what I'm saying it, like Hugh Jackman would probably be the lead of this movie when, no. I mean, they're both on the cover equally. They are, fact, but I Jake's feel that the Hugh Jackman <laughs> characters, but then it's about them. Yeah, both. it is. Yeah, the forces that direct, pull them together, and then the the similarities and the differences, and that gray thing that you were talking about, like who, because you know the father does his thing, and then he eventually, when you think he's not ever going to break, he does the, <laughs> you know, and then. <laughs> Bad shit happens, but I think I can't say enough about all these. Name them all because I'll. But tell yeah, Jay Gyllenhaal play. plays Detective it's Loki. Gyllenhaal plays Detective Loki. Um, I've heard it said both ways, by the way. So well, he says Gyllenhaal, so that him and his sister say it that way. Gyllenhaal, I've heard it said. Gyllenhaal by them. I don't know by anybody right. else. Um, so Hugh Jackman plays. Is it Jackman? <laughs> plays Keller Dover. Oh um, yeah, and I didn't like him as much. As Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, God, he was awesome. No, he. I thought he was, but then I thought there was moments where he overdid it a little bit. But that's just a nitpick, really, because he was pretty good. I felt like the mo- the reason he was having emotions was exactly on. Like, everything he did was... It was right was... near the end where I thought he was... Plus, you have to remember, we know enough about this character that he was raised by a dude... Just impact. Just in brief, we find out. Be prepared for anything, and then he's got his little stash in the basement of like end of world kind of shit. So you have to think this person's tightly wound anyway, almost waiting for something horrible and tragic to happen. And now that it's happened, nothing he's ever prepared is doing him any good. And now it's like he's just coming unwound. And I think I thought he did fantastic. And I'm not a huge Hugh Jackman fan. I thought you were. Not huge, no. You love the Wolverine. I loved that particular movie, but you know who I loved more than him? <laughs> the other guy. The, I always forget his name. Ke- Le- Lib? Lib? Lib Schreiber. Yes, he was in that. and Yeah, I did love it. I mean, he was but his I'm brother, not... wasn't he, in that? Yeah, it was really good. Oh, that was off topic. But, I like Hugh Jackman. I've always been pretty even-keeled. I've never disliked him hugely in anything I don't think somebody can probably let me know that I'm not saying the truth but so Viola Davis is Nancy Birch oh my god I'm in love with Viola Davis really good 
She always has a runny nose <laughs> when does. she cries. She's very serious, obviously. Oh my god, in, in she this, is. She's... You feel like that woman would like I don't know when she's sitting at that table. And she's completely zoned out. With all the pie. And he just stays right on her for like 30 seconds. I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, she's an actress. She's performing a, a role. Oh, when she gives the photographs through, to her. Yeah, but what is really going through her mind? Is she convinced? Because I'm convinced that she's convinced herself in that moment that she is that mother because she is a mother and that her daughter is missing. I think she said in the extras, didn't she, that she... Um, That's all the research all she needed. All you need to yeah. be as a mother, yeah. And so, but I'm, I'm, she made me want to like rip somebody's fucking head off like she just in her calm just sitting there i was like if anything bad does occur i'm ready i'm ready she has primed me to be like mama bear and maria bello plays um grace stover amazing yeah i haven't you know amazing. What? with her she's changed my mind recently absolutely like five years ago she... if you'd have asked me about her um, I would have been like... Eh, what else was she in that I might not have liked so much? Because this was amazing. Amazing. She's been in a lot of stuff that where where she's just... And not specific. Beautiful woman. Or mother to somebody or like... I'll tell wife. you what. Viola Davis got into me... Your thing's going to sleep over there. Um, got into me this feeling of rage. If I were a mother and had to contend with something terrible happening to my children... And that, that's more my personality, right? To I'm pretty even-keeled most of the time. But if somebody were to attack anyone that I love or if I was put to the test, I would probably be the alpha person. Whereas, what's her name? Maria? Marie. Bello. She convinced me in her... She more breaks down, like falls apart on the inside. And I actually got this revelation about being a person who could break apart inside because of something so horrible she convinced me that that actually would be possible for me too because I don't know if when pushed because their, their problem is they have no idea what's going on it's just like and daughter. she just what she that, that scene where she says I just want to sleep exactly and he's trying to give her the sleep exactly and I'm just like I'm totally and then when she's talking to the police guy on the couch and she's like confused and she's trying to put on the I'm supposed to be the friendly mom type, so I'm asking you stupid questions. Like, do you have kids? But she's crying at the same time, and you know she's just... She just wants to close her eyes and open them and have everything go back to normal. This isn't a happy time at the movies, by the way. If you're looking for some, like... <laughs> when is, the beginning seven minutes is the happy time. <laughs> yeah, literally turn it off as, at then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you like happy endings, that would be... Wait, be five minutes? When the little girl runs up and rings the doorbell... That'd be a when good the little girl wants to go and have some fun, like, okay, can we go? Can we go? Don't, don't. Tell yeah, me. pause right there. That's good. <laughs> when they're looking at the little rats in the cage and stuff, all good, all good. Um, so Terrence Howard plays Franklin Birch. He's the husband of Viola Davis. Fantastic again. Really um, fantastic. I really like him anyway. He got to me like because I just thought he's struggling. The the scene the with him and Hugh Jackman. Uh, where he's telling him this might not be what you should. Yeah. I bought every second of that. He was like a, a confused, like, what, what are we doing? Like, what? I can't control you him. You can see I, he's torn between doing yeah, the thing yeah. and maybe 40%, but 60% of not only am I, I, I can't do it, but I know I shouldn't. And if I do, I have, I, I'm going to be accountable for this. And all of that just shows on his face. And I think he's quiet. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not. What else is he been in? 
Iron Man. Right. Then they replaced him. Oh, he was, no offense, but I like him maybe better than your guy, but than your... Don Cheadle. Yeah. They replaced him with Don Cheadle, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. All, they're all awesome. The kids are awesome. Even though you don't he see him He was in much. Crash as well, turns out. The, you know. Correct. Oh, he was a jerk though, wasn't he? Kind of. Um, Melissa Leo plays Holly Jones. Another fantastic <laughs> performance. And like, tran- they transformed it her. It took me like five minutes and I was like... She really that's, is a chameleon. Like she yeah, can change. That's like. welcome to the Riley's. And it wasn't like shitty. Um, like she looked like an older lady. It's like weird. Yeah, she looked like a woman, probably not as old as she looked, and she'd had a hard life. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes when they do that to actresses, you think like, oh, that's a bad wig. That's a, mm-hmm. no. It, she she really did it. Yep. She moved just right, and her yeah, the aching. And back as you and the, watch her do her different things. I'm com- I'm hundred percent convinced. I think that I got switched on to this cast and to this story really early on. And if I watched it again in ten years, maybe I would see flaws, and maybe other people will. But I just don't. I can't find any flaws. No. And then uh, Paul Dano plays Alex no. Jones. I get Paul Dano is amazing. I've always loved him. Um, there will be blood. Watch. There will be blood. Um, yeah, just for him, not for the guy who won the Academy He's Award. fantastic in that movie. It's he like, really is. Yeah, but there again, it's also a movie that I really like, the girl, the girl Next Door. That's where I first saw him, and that's kind of a comic, kind of funny film. But he's still really good in that. Like, he's always been good. Here's the thing. The first time we see him in this movie is in the dark, from behind. Yeah. You just see a silhouette. I didn't know he was in this movie. I'm like, that's that guy from yeah, the movie. Yeah, I knew it was There's something about... The I don't know what it is, and then as soon as he turned, I was like, "Holy shit, that's really him!" And he's I'm I was it, thrilled that it was him. And that character is complicated, very, and and not when he was uh, in the extras, and he said uh, it was what hard spending time in the, with this guy. I understand that because that is a bizarre guy. There's a lot, but of he's stuff not. Going. There's like no. Nothing I'm saying to there's him, a yeah. lot of outside influences that have made that guy what he is. Yeah. Oh, it's really and awful. it's it's, all, it's torn between like is he, and you know what? Know? Again, not a spoiler specific, but you never get to resolve your feelings for him ever, because it just doesn't it doesn't come all the way around necessarily. So you never get to be like, oh, or oh, or whatever. You just it's just done, I, and you're like, oh, I'm still confused. I kind of did a bit though. I mean, I don't think. It, I mean, you kind of let it go. But you don't get it visually. You don't get to experience anything with him to where you could feel better about yourself. <laughs> because, like you said, there are times when you're like, yeah, yeah, I saw that do guy it. Out, yeah. And then later, you don't ever get the opportunity to like apologize to him on the screen by something good happening to him. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but when you're watching a movie sometimes, if a character's been done wrong... And then something good happens. You feel like, okay, good. They've they've made it right for me because I felt really bad about that guy. This one, you don't. You get just a tiny hint. It's basically a tour de force cast. Who you would like? I think this will be up for awards. I think it's that high quality. Like every minute, I was exhausted when it was over. I was like, oh, like take a breath. Everything's good. Like yeah, everything. The way it looks, the way it sounds, the people, the story. Everything's pretty top class. It's not... I give it a 10 out of 10. It's, it's really good. Um, directed by Denis Villeneuve. And he's a Canadian director who hasn't actually directed any movies. 
that are like this. He's directed some smaller Canadian movies that I've never seen. Neither of you. But um, oh, really? This is a pretty awesome. No kidding. Step into. I don't know, mainstream cinema, I was going to say. And why'd they film it in Pennsylvania? If he's Canadian and look at Canada, it looks like it's supposed to look... That's what this is supposed to be, isn't it? Maybe, I don't know. I, couldn't, I, I thought we were supposed to be in Canada, but I don't think it was. Because yeah. I read some stuff about it. I don't think it is. No, it wasn't supposed to be in Canada, was it? It was... Uh, Pennsylvania. But, yeah. But, but um, when he said he can't leave the Commonwealth, I was like, oh, Commonwealth? That sounds... You know, yeah. But it wasn't. It's just that's what the term that they use for. Yeah, I, that's area. what. That's why I thought. Yeah, I did think for a second. Is this Canada? What are you talking about? But yeah, um, it was just a term they use in legal legalese. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's the director's brilliant, and because of that cinematographer, this looks a million dollars. I mean, well, it looks like twenty million. Oh, whatever. A hundred million dollars. I know it costs like $46 million to make because I was looking on the sheet. It doesn't matter. But this looks way more than that. It look, it Like Skyfall. But how can you measure? There's no, it doesn't matter. It you can see that it looks... It, yeah, yeah I can measure, come, yeah. Um, but you can't. Some movies look cost, like shit and they cost a lot. Right, like so some movies cost $200 million and they look like shit. You're like, who, who photographed that's this? That's my point. You can't really tell. This one could have cost $4 million. And it would be amazing looking. It would, yeah. So you can't really. Uh, but it costs forty six million, and I'm assuming that's because the talent here are not doing this for free. This is a lot of uh, expensive actors. But the way it looks, I'm astounded by it. And the uh, coward Robert Ford, that movie. Mm-hmm. There's another movie that this guy did. What's the looks... full title? The assassination of Jesse, Jesse James, James by the coward Robert, Robert Ford. Ford. Um, that is an amazing looking movie, also. Like it. There's definitely a style to that guy, and I want to watch everything that Roger Deakins does now. And that's another quiet one where the camera's very static a lot. You get a lot of sprawling shots. There was shots. a lot of... Um, but then when Jesse James is having his sort of like... There was a lot moment. of shots through glass in that movie, mm-hmm. even when they didn't need to be. Like, he, he, I remember watching the extras, and he chose different panes of glass and just shot standard... Um, like scenes through a pane of glass. You don't know there's a pane of glass, but you think something looks different. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a... And as you go use. through the movie, you realize the character of Jesse James might be a bit... Yeah. You know, and that just Fragmented. plays... Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. That's the idea of it, but it makes you have this weird feeling throughout the entire film. Like, this like you're looking seems... at really old pictures. Um, so, unfortunately, the extras on this disc are, are not <laughs> even worth... Anything. I mean, it's literally these two extras. No commentary. No, oh. they both kind of contradict. They, but I'm um, not contradict. They both. You seen one, you feel like you've seen the other. It's not really much to it. No. I like to see. I, I like seeing Paul Dano talk, and he t- literally talked for like five seconds. But I was like, I want to see what Paul Dano thinks of that c- character, and then he did for five seconds and I was like well that's cool that's but that's it yeah. like so yeah the extras aren't worth anything but this is a long film so they made sure it looked good I think the film is enough yeah some movies I like to know the extras if this has been based on some big true story or something I might be interested in look it up or want to hear them talk about you know the real thing yeah you don't but this movie don't just I would like thing. maybe a commentary because I do like listening to them and, and you would like, like to, to hear about the technical stuff yeah I definitely would um, but yeah, there's nothing on this disc um, apart from these two lame featurettes. Um, so yeah, just come in for the film, and it's yeah. a nice long film. You know, you feel like you got your money's worth. So totally. 
So I um, pee three times, I think. Yeah, it's three people. It was nearly it's two hours forty minutes or something like that. It, oh, that's not. Three it doesn't hours. feel long like that. I think it does in a good way. I was I was happy to go along for this long journey, and I I could feel moments when. In the hands of someone else or a different editor or if the studio started bitching about it, I could feel moments when that could have been cut and that could have been trimmed and that would have been sped up and it would have ruined it. It could have been a 90-minute movie and not be as good. Yeah, that's what... Oh, definitely. You know, earlier when I said it feels like a David Fincher movie, that's one of the things David Fincher likes to do. He doesn't care about it being short. He wants... If the story needs four hours, it'll be a four-hour film, like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or Zodiac. They're really long movies... And the reason in being, he doesn't want... He wants you to feel the movie, like, not... Chop, 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 and then you're just kind of out of it. Because that happens, doesn't it? If it's if it's really... You feel it, don't you? Oh, this is really choppy. Like, why aren't yep. we spending time with everybody? Absolutely. Like, um, so, in conclusion, Prisoners... Amazing. You have to see it, yeah. <laughs> well, not necessarily, but I think that if you like drama... If you like a movie. <laughs> if you, you like drama. good acting and... A really great story, actually. And if you're not the, like, I just want everybody to be happy all the time That's people, not then you're it. not going to like it. It's pretty grim. <laughs> yes. Very grim. Yeah. Um, but... But it's stimulating in a way that you can't... Because of the people and the, the emotions yeah. it's It's a high-quality movie. It is. Yeah. If you like drama, um, you will like this movie, I think. It's, it's... And if you have children, it'll make you go wake them up and give them a big fat hug. Yeah, <laughs> or at least check on them every five minutes for the rest of their life. <laughs> True. Call them up when your kid's like forty-five. Yeah, just call them to make sure you're uh, you're okay. Okay, bye. Talk to you in five minutes. So that's prisoners. It's it's literally like a ten out of ten movie for me. Absolutely, I, you need to see it. So uh, thanks to Warner Brothers. And if you want to enter a contest this week, go to aschoolie.com. I've got a couple of new Blu-rays to give away. You can go and find them there. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be The Lone Ranger. Um, and I'm making a face. You gotta make a face till you've I'm seen I'm making it. a face, I can't help it. I'm judgmental. So yeah, The Lone Ranger will be next week's movie. Um Movie Game. What is it? It's actually called Movie Year. Movie Year is I say movie, you say the year. You say movie, I say the year. It doesn't sound that stimulating. However, Sometimes you say a movie and you're you or I'll say it and you're convinced you know, oh well, yeah, that was 1985 and then you're like it was 1992, you know, so So I went still it doesn't sound very interesting. I went with a movie photographed by <coughs> Roger Deakins and it's called Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh shit. Which is a Coen Brothers movie. But there's another movie photographed by him that is a lovely looking movie. 2000 2004. Oh, damn. Why did I think 2000? <laughs> that was a long off. Okay. One of my top five favorite movies of all time. Do you know what they are? Maybe you can guess which one it is. The five greatest movies. It would be in the top. Wizard of Oz. It's not that one. Groundhog Day. Not that one. <laughs> I don't know what your other ones are. You're getting close. You know it when I say it. Oz the Great and Powerful. You're so cool. You're so cool. True Romance. Correct. We've had that one a few times. No, I haven't done that one for a year. Movie year. No, never. I might have recommended it a few times. Uh, 1997. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. No. Guess again. No. (laughs) Just a one-time only thing. (laughs) I'm giving you a chance. 1993. 
Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. See, when you think, oh, yeah, I can see that near the end of the 90s. Nope. Suck it back up to 1993. Awesome movie. Awesome movie. Tony Scott. Brilliant. In fact, I think I need to get that. Put it on my computer so I can watch it whenever I want. I own the Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray not long ago. Well, there I go. Um, So, let me see here. Uh, Is it wrapped under the tree for me? No. (laughs) Movie recommendations. Um, I am going with, number one, Zodiac, which um, has the same kind of vibe to this movie, but because it's based on true events, the same guy, yeah, but because that one's based on true events, it doesn't have the... Because I knew the Zodiac story, so I like the procedural kind of, you know, you're going through a detective's methods to catch this killer in that movie and this movie has a similar vibe like the the dark tone of it but this one you can't guess it because you there is nothing yeah exactly so but yeah it has a feel of that's why that was the first thing i was like wow not just because he's in it i was it was more like it's the it's the slow pace and the how there's a lot of detail to everything yeah um and zodiac is a three-hour movie with lots of detail and the other one's a David Fincher movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is also like a three-hour movie. And is it actually three hours? Because you it, said this one was three hours, but it was two hours. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is a three-hour movie, and it's um, it's a like a murder mystery that's very methodical, you know. Yeah. It's 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 almost old school, like like the the butler did it with the pipe in the kitchen kind of thing. That's how it feels like, but it's. It's slow and dark. Yeah, because you have really... this cast of weird characters. Yeah, you're t- yeah, yeah. And you, you're like meeting them all one by one, and then you're getting all these ideas about everybody. This one is too really when you think about it. That's why the it, people it you come across are kind of it's like an old fashioned. It reminded me of it because, like, I was like, well, like Lisbeth in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, she's this, you know, you're coming in with her and James Bond, <laughs> and they're. You know, they're getting the information and you're trying to make thing with it. With this, it's the same with Gyllenhaal. <laughs> you're, you're on his shoulder, basically, yeah. like, absorbing what he's absorbing. Um, so, yeah, those two. Zodiac, go with the dragon tattoo. Mine are Iceman that we just watched what, a couple of months ago. That's the Iceman. Iceman with uh, the guy from... Zord. General Zod. Zod. General Zod. <laughs> I had the same... It had the same... You know, it was dark and a very bleak kind of gray tones. And a true story. Based on true story. And it felt that it took its time. You know, you didn't... It didn't just go like... Some of the things kind of jumped a little bit. But I think that was just to get the whole story in. But it just gave me the same vibe. There was lots of the similar kind of cinematography and stuff. Um, and it was good. Really good. My other one is Alien 3. David and the only Fincher. Reason, exactly. The only reason I thought of it was I leaked somehow over to David Fincher from, from something to something and got to him when I was looking at IMDb. And I don't care what anybody says. I liked Alien 3. David Fincher doesn't. He I had a like, hard time. I don't it. care. Because when I watch it, I like the idea. It may not be executed. And, you know, you kind of lose the I'm, I'm a fan of Ripley and the aliens and the power of it all. It's a weird it's a different thing, but I still enjoy it. I don't if you own the um, Alien box set, the Blu-ray Alien box set, there's two versions of Alien 3 and there's one that's called the work print. Um, it's not the one that theatrical and it's like David Fincher's like all of the stuff. Hmm. It's got some like 
scenes in it that are finished and some scenes that are like um, raw raw like see before they do the CG that weird mm. but the story's way better in that version you've watched it? yeah we watched it when we got the Blu-rays when we got the box set it was a long time ago when we got it on DVD and we watched that version of it I have no recollection of that whatsoever but the story's actually better because they flesh out the prison characters a lot more before the shit goes down hmm and they don't in that shorter version that in David short, It's like she's there and then she yeah. hits the fan. Yeah. They flesh it out a lot. She hits the fan, really. There's a big fan. So. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and my other one, I have a third one actually, and I, because I accidentally saw a thumbnail for this on IMDb, and I forget what a sweet, charming little movie this is. It has nothing to do with any of this darkness and bleakness, so I'm throwing this out there to the people who do like happiness Harry and the Hendersons with John Lithgow and Bigfoot. <laughs> because it's really sweet and it's you know it's funny and charming and it's I don't know what year it's like late 80s early 90s something like that but it is a nice happy movie so I was never into it I know what it is though if your better half is in the other room watching this movie about children being abducted then you might want to go watch Harry and then or, or vice versa you know whoever you are man woman you might want to go and just have a happy time so um games and a scully stuff this week because of uh, the space-time continuum we're doing this podcast like literally two days after we did the last one. So, I haven't been playing much different to the last one. So I've been playing more Need for Speed on the PlayStation 4. I've already talked about it. And I've been playing more Persona 4 Golden on the Vita, which is the one about the high school kids going inside the TVs, which I love, by the way. Um, I'm out, Now I'm about 12 hours into it. It's really fun. The story is really good. You have to like make these relationships with all the different high school students. It's... What's the only problem with it in relation to your to your spouse? <laughs> I don't know. You can play it all day long. I love looking over your shoulder. You're playing, you're playing. You can play for 10 hours. As soon as I go to bed and I have to get up at 5.30 for work and you're laying in bed with your headphones on, but all I hear is click, 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 click. Click, 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 oh, the click, 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 click. I'm like, are you going to be playing that for long, dear? Because other other games that you play on your handhelds are either all touch. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's a Vita game. I mean, it's a it was a PS2 game, but they've uh, remastered it for the Vita, made it high def and widescreen. So that explains all the clicking then. Um, but still, it's remastered for the Vita. So I'm surprised because when I'm pressing X, I'm going through dialogue. Mm-hmm. They spit. It's actually um, on the PS2. It wasn't voiced. You had to read everything. Wow. They've voiced it now on the Vita, so it's awesome. They all speak. But um, normally, you can just. Put your finger on the touchscreen to skip conversation. And you tried that, but it didn't work. It doesn't work. You have to press X. Yeah. So it would be a nice for them to patch that in because it couldn't be really a big deal to to emulate the X button on the on the thing. Um. So yeah, Persona Four Golden. It's really cheap on Amazon at the moment. I think it's sixteen dollars for a seventy-hour game. If you're into RPGs, and you have a Vita, that's a good deal. So um. So if you don't have a Vita, it's going to cost you about $217. And if you don't have a Vita, you can get the PS2 version. And even if you've got a PS3, they sell the PS2 version that plays on the PS3. So, wow. Uh, on the store. So you can get it for, I think it's 10 bucks that one. So you could play it that way, or you could play the better version on the Vita. Because the Vita is actually a widescreen, high-def, up version. Whereas it's like the- three inches across. Yeah, but it's still like widescreen, whereas the other one's a PS2 game, so it's um, four by three. Oh, right. So, but you can play both. Um, and the golden version, 
Persona 4 Golden on the Vita has actually got more story. They added some stuff. So it's like a director's cut. Uh, and finally, I just wanted to mention, I'm watching a new um, thing on Netflix, which um, I'm a fan of The X-Files, no surprise. And um, I was reading Entertainment Weekly last week, and uh, in the top ten TV shows of the year, I saw Gillian Anderson's face. It used to be Scully in The X-Files. And I was like, oh, she's in a TV show? I don't know. What is it? And it said, it's like number seven or something. It said, um, this little-known TV show from Britain um, needs to be seen by more people. And now Netflix have it. Nobody's got an excuse not to see it. And I was like, interesting. And it's only... Interesting. I'm British, and I'm in love with Gillian Anderson. True. So it's like (laughs) it's made for me. So... I went to Netflix and there it was. And it's only five episodes. It was like one of those, um, like a one-off thing. It's not made to be tons of a series. That's how those British people like to do it. Right, so it's five episodes. Each one's an hour long. So just five hours. Very short time for you if you want to see it. And it's um, set in Belfast, which is in Ireland. And it's a serial killer slash... She's like a um, you, internal affairs. It's mm-hmm. called in um, America, but they call it. She's an auditor for the police in uh, Belfast, and she's coming to town to audit this murder case, which is seemingly unrelated to the serial killer case that we're also seeing. And the serial killer guy in it is this ordinary family man who's the creepiest motherfucker you've ever seen. <laughs> You pulled out the big guns for that one. I mean, he's it's this, if you like ears, serial kids. killer stuff, this guy is really effed up. Just I don't mean, spoil it for us because some of us might watch it. You, I think you should watch it. In the second episode, he does something where I was like, "Really? That was on TV? <laughs> that is insane." No, it's on Netflix. What was it on in England? B- it was on BBC. Oh, it's, it's one of those really high quality After BBC the shows. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because <laughs> um, Gillian Anderson actually um, exposes some stuff in one of the scenes. It's good. So um, it's called. I didn't say what it's called. The Fall. It's called. The Fall. Yeah. And let me just give everyone a little tidbit of information. When I first encountered you, a Scully, on the internet, way back in 1998. One of the main things that you had on your own little corner of the internet there were back in the like day it was Geo like City GeoCities. If anyone remembers GeoCities. I was trying to we learn We were both rocking the GeoCities yeah. separately and had never known each other, but we both had a GeoCities page. And um, on your GeoCities page was, I don't know how many, a couple hundred. It was a fan site for Jillian Images Anderson. of Jillian Anderson. Yeah. And that's all, like sexy pictures, I, pictures from the X-Files. And the idea tons. was I was learning how to do a web page. HTML. Like how from, to do that from yep. scratch. So I got a GeoCities account and an HTML editor, and I was like, what do I do a web page about? Well, I really love the X-Files, and then I started finding, because it was the early days of the internet. It was really early. There was lots of... There was no Google, by the way. No. There was no Google for you to go get a million images. Alta Vista. You had to go and do... Then then you had to go to the site. There was no image search, though. Mm -mm. So I I started finding pictures of Gillian Anderson for some reason, and they kept coming across them, like, because I was searching for X-Files news, and I was like... Maybe I should make my page with loads of pictures of Gillian Anderson. And that's what I did. And it was really only because I was like trying to learn how to do a web page and I was interested in that. So that's how I that came out. I wonder if the Wayback Machine... It does. I think it might, but all the image links are broken. Right. But the site might be there. Oh, because you were just linking to other people's images? No, I wasn't actually. 
but, but that is I yeah I had an account on freenet.co.uk <laughs> and they don't exist anymore so all That's the pictures servers were... unplugged long ago yeah so Wayback Machine by the way if anyone doesn't know if you're ever interested waybackmachine.net is it tries to archive the whole internet yeah and you can find old versions of websites you can go back and see an old version of Amazon like a snapshot basically. Um, old versions of Sid Dog, Ace Gully, whatever. I mean, if you're thinking of something that you're like, what was that site? And oh, it's probably gone by now. You never know what you might find on there. Like, go way back. I think it's, is it wayback.net or .org? Or, it's wayback.com. Wayback Machine might get you there. Um, yeah, Wayback Machine in Google will definitely get you there. So um, that is it for my stuff this week. Sid Tall, what's for dinner? Morning Star Burger, French fry, vegetables. Morning Star Burger, French fry, vegetables. Excellent, because I'm very hungry, so let's um, get to your advice and then wrap My this sucker up. My advice is, and a lot of people listening are not going to like it. And that's fine, because I don't really care. And that leads me to my advice. In life, you have to care enough. And sometimes you have to care over and, and, and do more. And sometimes, most of the time... You need to care less about something. You need to care less about what people think about you. Or don't care about it at all. If you need to put it in action, like I'm a, I'm a business person and people have to have a certain image of me and I have to portray a certain thing in order for me to make this amount of money or whatever, that's fine, that's fair. Then care about it enough, put it into action, make it happen. And then don't let it follow you around constantly. If you care about loved ones who are having a trouble and the loved one is 500 miles away and you have nothing to do with their life except that you're worried about them. Laying awake at night in bed or, um, you know, mulling it over constantly or letting yourself get down about it, it actually accomplishes nothing. If you're going to put it into action and you want to get in your vehicle and drive to that loved one and give them the money they need or give them the support they need or make the change in their life that they're going to need, then... Go for it. That's the amount of care that might be necessary. Or you think about it. You accept that you cannot change it. And if the opportunity comes up that you can put your care into action, you will. And the rest of the time, you let it go. You you let it go if you think everyone's looking at you today because you have shoes on that aren't today's fashion. Why do you give a shit? Like, why do you care? Part of what sparked this in my mind was that I don't dress necessarily very conventionally all the time. Ever re- uh, Sometimes I'm kind of... No, nah, not really. I wear rolled up pants like that are about halfway up my... Yeah, well, they actually were long pants. I cut them off and now they're kind of... Are you would think they're capri pants. Between my... Well, they're not because they're rolled up. Like, they've got a cuff at the bottom, but their cuffs are kind of crooked. And I wear these white gym socks all the time that are men's socks and the heel comes up over the top of my shoe and I have my orange shoes that I wear and I have this funky skirt that's like gypsy you wear skirt. Ni- you wear the best Nike shoes. I possible. do. I love my Nikes. They do get lots of looks though. A lot. In fact, I was in Subway last week and a woman who has that no filter thing in her brain. <gasps> your shoes are awesome. <gasps> is that your car? Your car is awesome. Like I don't, I don't really chit chat with people much in public, but people glance at me and I don't, I notice it, because you notice when someone does this. True. And what I'm doing is eyeballing you from top to bottom, top to bottom, top to bottom. And with that look on their face, like, aren't you a little too old to dress like a fucking hippie? Or whatever it is. You don't know what's on their mind. I think of it as, that 
moment in time, you're taking the time to look at me and I'm taking the time to pay attention to you. It's accomplishing nothing. Stop looking at me and I'll stop thinking about you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't care what they think. But if I did, I try to put myself in the shoes of a friend of mine who would constantly be thinking, oh, she's looking at my shirt. Does she think, what is, is my shirt all right? Does my shirt look okay? I mean, does it look really bad? Should I change my shirt? Is my shirt okay today? Because I wasn't sure about the shirt. And that lady was looking at me really funny. That's what I mean. Don't care about that. At all. Like, just don't give a shit about it. It doesn't... It tangles your brain up for things that you can use doing other things, you know? Like mindlessly watching movies and <laughs> True. thinking about chocolate. I mean, that's so much better than worrying about and caring about things that you cannot control. And that you, you're caring. I'm going to be very cold here. The, the fact that you care and worry about a lot of things in this life has zero impact on this world. The fact that you're laying there or sitting there and mulling it over and concerned about it and it never comes out of your mouth and it never comes out of your head, you're accomplishing nothing. You're only making yourself feel like shit. So let me remind you about our websites, <laughs> aschoolie.com, sid.com. You can catch us on Twitter and no Facebook. Comments. No comments. No. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> I'm at Aschoolie. You're at Sid Talk. You can catch this podcast on the uh, Stitcher. The, the Stitcher. Stitcher. Or the Iceman. You can catch it on the iTunes Music Store, the Zune, Xbox, whatever you call it, Marketplace. Or just go to com, click on the word podcast. All your subscription needs will be there. Or listen to it on the page. Do whatever you like. Or don't listen to it ever again. Email me at com. Don't email SidTalk. And stay classy, Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. And I have to get this out of my system because I'm a wife and this is what we do. It hasn't been two days since we did the movie. It's been four days. <sighs> I just had to get that out of my system. Maybe, you will, maybe <laughs> Jake will get an Oscar for this. It would be great. Eh, he's had an Oscar, hasn't he? For something else? No. And I'm Bubble Boy. Say... Yeah, yeah, Bubble Boy. <laughs> Danny Darko. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to care about it. 